at the last moment, Velasquez revokes Cortez's permission to lead this expedition because of their old rival rival that rivalry. Rivalry, <sighs> motherfucker. The Spanish words got my tongue all messed Twisted. up. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. A tango in your mouth. Tongues all tang, tango. Tongue tango. Which is what I was used to be known as in bed. But anyway. Oh Christ. <laughs> Tongue tango? Never that mind. couldn't have been pleasant. <laughs> uh, welcome to We Talk About Dead People, a podcast where we pick two dead people and talk about their lives. I'm your host, James D., and I'm here with my good friend and co-host, Aaron C. Uh, say hi, Aaron. Uh, Aaron? wonder where he is. No matter. I guess I hope to keep my listeners entertained and interested while we break down these characters from the odd and exciting family that is humanity. The way this works is that, um, I will do my amateur's best to give a basic account of the major events in these people li- people's lives and how they responded to them. I also hope to give a fairly accurate depiction of their individual character, which is harder to do. But, uh, I'm gonna try anyways, I guess. So, Aaron, who do we have this week? Peter the Hermit and Hernan Cortez. Excellent! Well, I suppose I'll head down to the history lab and get started. God, this is weird. He's never late. One, an explorer of the new world and prophesied mouth of the gods. The other, a priest, a man of God, and the leader of a massive invasion of Turkey. These men have gone down in history as a pair of battle-born believers, leaving a trail of bloody footsteps wherever they go. Aaron, what What are you doing? Shh. This is the part where she breaks his heart. It tears it to tiny, tiny shreds. Are you eating my ice cream? Shh! Shut that off. James, come on, I'm suffering here. Look, I know breakups are hard, but you can't wallow down here forever. She was my life, man. My whole reason for living. I I might as well just end it all right now. Come on, don't talk like that. You'll get over. Are you vaping? I quit smoking this week. God damn it. Everything sucks. Look... Let's just do an episode to get your mind off it. You'll feel way better when you're done. Mm, all right. It'll be okay. Just focus on the history. History mm. means family. Yes, yes, and family means nobody gets left behind or forgotten. Yes, I know, James. I know. Good. And don't you forget it. Computer, bring up Peter the Hermit and Hernan Cortez. Affirmative, my lord. So, who are we looking at here, James? I think that's Peter the Hermit. Yes. So, Peter the Hermit, I think that's who you're doing. Yes. What is he best known for? He's best known for starting what's called the People's Crusade. Mm, for the people. Yes, for the people, by the people. <laughs> uh, against the Turks. <laughs> <laughs> that's in the Constitution, people yeah. read it. <laughs> so, what does he look like? He looks, uh, Jesus. He looks just like Jesus. There's a statue of him in Amya, where he's wearing a scrappy robe and carrying a makeshift <laughs> crucifix. It's made out of two sticks. Uh, while looking like Jesus. He has the beard, the hair, everything. He looks just like Jesus. Now, 
Didn't you say David Koresh looked just like Jesus? Yes. So this is like a medieval David Koresh Jesus. Yes, but not a bored, sleepy Jesus like David Koresh. Right, okay. Okay, so who, uh, who, uh, let's see here. Who are you doing again? Is it Hernan Cortez? Hernan Cortez. And what is Hernan, 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 (laughs) what is Hernan Cortez best known for, James? Hernan Cortez is best known for conquering Mexico in the name of Spain. He did some other important things too, but seriously, the conquering of Mexico is by far the most interesting part. I agree. I mean, not that I've even heard the story, but conquering Mexico, (laughs) pretty big deal. Yeah. Uh, Yes. So what does he look like? He looks like a quintessential charming Spanish lover. He's got all the traits. Sexy eyes, Mm. long black hair, Mm. a beard and mustache that are perfectly fused together. He's super rich. He's brave and charismatic. Wow. And he murdered hundreds of thousands of people. Uh, um, mm, That's less sexy, gotta say. It depends what you're into. Less less sexy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, let's let's break these guys down, shall we? Sure. Oh, yeah. So we're going to start out with Peter the Hermit. And this is Peter the Hermit's early life. Peter the Hermit is just like any ancient figure, which is to say, there's debate about everything he ever did, said, smoked, or loved tenderly. <laughs> oh. And the very beginning of his life was no exception. Good. Some authors say he was born in 1050 in Picardy. I think that's uh, Picardy, whatever. That's probably French, so I'm really probably fucking it up pretty bad. But uh, while others claim he was born uh, in a hermit family in the Netherlands. A uh, hermit family. Yeah, a hermit family. Just a family who are hermits? Mm-hmm. Got yeah. it. Lots of old Ben Kenobis. Yep. <laughs> still, uh, still more say that there's no way of knowing where or when he was born. And the point is, he's here, we think. I'm sure some person out there disputes that claim, too. (laughs) Okay. So, uh, anyway, uh, as far as we know, Peter became a priest at some point in his life, pretty early on, and he started doing priestly things. Uh, Joining the common voice of the day, Peter voiced a lot of complaints about the... Is it Seljuk? Seljuk. Seljuk, I believe. Seljuk Turks. At the time, Pope Urban II had yet to declare Deus Volt, but was pretty much right there. Uh Uh, So Peter was known as a revivalist type, which is to say he was uh, very enthusiastic about people's faith. Hmm. So he was the type of priest who would challenge your faith by saying, if you don't want to invade Turkey, you're not a good enough Christian. Hmm. Hmm. I've heard that a few times. Mm -hmm. Now, Peter's enthusiasm for invading the Holy Land didn't come from nowhere. Okay, He had a bit of a bad history with the Turks. Personally, don't yeah. we all? <laughs> At one point, he had decided to take a pilgrimage to the Holy Land and had been prevented from doing so by some very ferocious, get it, Turks! Mm. Yeah, he claims he was treated very badly and essentially chased out of the Holy Land. So, for what it's worth, him being pissed off the Turks doesn't come from nowhere. Okay, yeah. fair enough, fair enough. Anyway, he's also said to be an extremely persuasive speaker, and as the days of his preaching go by, he starts to build a bit of a following. Particularly, peasants really, really like him. The hmm. uh, peasants and paupers, the double P. Ooh, yeah. Double P. Mmm, love me some double P. Then they start oh. <laughs> they start carrying around little crucifixes to signify their piety and willingness to follow old Peter. Mm-hmm. And Peter likes this. Go figure. Mm. What could go wrong, right? Yeah, nothing. Yeah. So Peter starts blessing all of his followers and claiming that they are all completely spiritually pure. Oh. Yeah, he organizes hmm. them to be little pilgrims and tells them that they are essentially invulnerable because oh. he has summoned the Holy Ghost to protect them. Hmm. And there's 40,000 of them. Oh, my God. <laughs> yep, things are about to get weird. <laughs> Jeez. So, hey, how about we move on to Hernan Cortez's early life? Okay. Yes. Uh, kind of a similar situation. Okay. Actually, I don't know what that means. Uh, uh, they're both Catholic. Oh, that's important. Uh, Cortez is a few hundred years later. Oh, okay. He was born in 1485 in Spain. Mm, that's his first mistake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that means either. Uh, as a child, he was reportedly always pale and sickly. 
He was also quite restless and mischievous. Yeah. Good combination, yeah. I guess. Uh, so he's basically a little Spanish zombie Bedouin kid. <laughs> okay. When Cortez was about 16 years old, he got word about Columbus's little expedition. Oh. You know the rhyme. Uh-huh. I know the rhyme. Mm-hmm. We all know the rhyme. In 1492, 1492, Columbus ate a pomapoo. Uh, no. In 1493, Columbus climbed a giant tree. Uh, no. In 1494, Columbus found the planet's core. That's not even possible. Fake news, Drudge Report, Breitbart, Fox News, wake up, people! Right. So this gives young Cortez the desire to travel to this new world and do some adventuring. Because apparently he's not pale and sickly anymore. Uh, well, he does get injured once while hurriedly climbing out of the bedroom of a married woman. Oh my god! <laughs> but he's okay now. Uh, wait, uh, what, what, what was injured? I, I don't know. I'd like to think it was his private parts. How? Because I like to think about his private parts. Uh, <laughs> uh, but he's okay. He, yeah, uh, I'm not okay, but he's okay. <laughs> so Cortez spends a year in the southern ports of Spain and then finally makes it to the New World in 1504 as a colonist. Mm. He landed in the Spanish colony of Santo Domingo, which is now part of the Dominican Republic. Okay. He spent about five years in this colony and quickly made a name for himself. And what was that name, James? Cortez the Dick Handler. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no. So, uh, 1511. Yes, in 1511, Cortez went on an expedition with the governor of Santo Domingo named Diego Velazquez. Mm. The expedition was to conquer Cuba for the Spanish crown, uh, and it succeeds! Okay! And Velazquez is so impressed by this guy Cortez that he made him his own secretary. Oh, cool, so now Cortez is getting him his coffee and things. Uh, exactly, in fact, you stole my next joke. Oh, sorry. So Cortez <laughs> is answering phone calls and faxing documents for Velazquez oh. for a while, but then something changes. <laughs> Word reaches the island colonist that a fellow Spaniard established a colony on the American mainland and found a wealth of gold and silver. Ah! This inspired Cortez and Velazquez to quickly pack up and head for the wealthy mainland. Mm, but good plan. There was a problem. Oh! Both men wanted to do it. What? And neither wanted the other to come along. Oh! Cortez was also so sleeping with Velazquez's sister. Man, this Cortez guy gets around. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey. So this didn't help things. Mm. Oh, uh, but then he married her, I guess. Oh, so that helped a bit. That might have helped. Him. Maybe. Um, anyway, there's a lot of more info on politics here, but we're not too interested in that. Good. I hate politics. Uh, so in 1518, Velazquez finally... And I don't know if that's his pronunciation. There's, I'm almost certain it's Velazquez. Oh, that's definitely what it is. Yeah, it's Velazquez. It. You're just a dumb Midwestern uh, white guy. Yeah. <laughs> 0% Spanish 0%. or Hispanic. And no exposure to any other culture ever. <laughs> Completely uh, <no>. insular. <laughs> yep. Uh, Did yes. you even take Spanish in high school? For four years. And how, how do you not pronounce Velasquez after all that? Because I voted for Trump. <laughs> Okay, so... In 1518, Velasquez finally relents and lets Cortez be the one to form. Velasquez? Velasquez? <laughs> uh, I'm doing the best I can, man. <laughs> I'm not. No, I'm not. Uh, he lets Cortez be the one to form a new expedition to the American mainland. Well, that's very nice, Phil. Uh, this wasn't the first Spanish expedition here, but it aimed to be more, much more rewarding than the others. So Cortez gathers 11 ships, 500 men, 13 horses, and a few cannons, and prepares <laughs> to leave for Mexico. However, at the last moment, Velazquez revokes Cortez's permission to lead this expedition because of their old rivalry. Rivalry! (sighs) Motherfucker! The Spanish words got my tongue all... 
messed up. It's doing it's doing a tango in your mouth. Tongue's all tang tango. Tongue tango. Which is what I was used to be known as in bed. But anyway. Oh Christ! Tongue tango? That couldn't have been pleasant. Christ almighty. None of it's true. So this does not Tongue Tango. Uh, so Cortez goes to Mexico, and he defies the orders of his superior. So he's now in direct rebellion to the Spanish colonies, but claims he is in direct subordination to King Charles of Spain. But as you can imagine, some of his troops were a little nervous about basically being in open rebellion. Mm. So Cortez does the only logical thing. Yes. He burns all their ships. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so now their expedition is totally marooned in Mexico. Oh. He then proceeds to immediately claim the land for the Spanish crown. But claiming is one thing, surviving is some something entirely different. Whoa. What a cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. I gotta say, that sounds fascinating. I can't wait to come back and talk about uh, that. Let's take a break. But for now, let's take a break. And... I'm not gonna know. cut it. <laughs> no, we're still going. Just cut the fucking thing. We're taking a break. <laughs> And we are back to We Talk About Dead People, and there are giant motors outside. Motors? Motors. Not mowers. Motors. Uh, okay. Because the mowers aren't the things making the noise. It's the motors on the mowers. How do you know that, though? It could be the mowers. What? You mean like the actual drivers are just driving around going... Could like, be. Oh, man, they're right outside the window. Great! We timed this perfectly. How do we have windows down here? Uh, we need to just turn this off. <laughs> And we are back to We Talk About Dead People. And when we left off, we were talking about Hernan Cortez's childhood and early life. And now we're going to go and talk about Peter the Hermit's adult life. And when we left Peter, he was building an army hmm. of paupers. <laughs> yes, the best kind. <laughs> oh, jeez. So, he's... He's pretty vitriolic at this point. Mm -hmm. He's super into Catholicism. Uh, and he decides it's finally time to move on to Turkey. So he bands together his 40,000 followers, and he heads out, passing through Germany with his army of zealots. Yeah. But, but good. good. Yeah. I'm yeah. glad. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're in a good place here. And also, what is it with German zealots? Uh, it seems like that kind of comes up a lot in their history. Yeah, German Germany are very zealous people, mm. I think. Uh, I think. Might be a good thing. I don't know. <laughs> Might be a bad thing. Who knows? Yeah. Only time will tell. Uh, but by the time they got to Germany, they were, like, really low on supplies. Okay. And these Christian zealots at the time had kind of a problem with anyone who wasn't a Christian, particularly Jews. Yeah. And really? Yes. You know where this is going. Hmm. Uh, so Peter's people put two and two together and started extorting Jews for supplies. Ah. And eventually, hmm. they started engaging in major slaughters oh. in order to supply themselves. Oh, God. Yeah, so this series of events is known collectively as the Rhineland Massacres. Jeez. And Peter was pretty involved. He and a guy named Count uh. Amicho, or Amico, or whatever, hmm. are known as the main culprits of this bullshit. Good. So, you know, at least they went down in history for that. Right. But, yeah, uh, well, again, sure. Peter has a statue somewhere in France, I think. Um, not cool. Mm. Uh, but anyway, so, for the record, the Catholic Church condemned the killings from the start. Good, good. And nothing they could do could seem, did, you know, seem to stop the killing. So... Yeah, I guess so. Hmm. So the zealots were a little too zealous. Mm-hmm. 
So furthermore, uh, the mobs didn't have to worry about getting caught or prosecuted because there were just simply too many of them. Yeah, there's 40, yeah, several priests tried to stop all this shit, but the people committing these terrible acts just said these priests had been bribed to speak for the view. <laughs> speak, <laughs> speak for the view. Several priests tried to stop all this shit, but the people committing these terrible acts just said that these priests had been bribed to speak for the Jews. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. Many towns forbade Peter the Hermit's people from entering because of all of this. <laughs> Makes um, sense. So Peter would just besiege these towns and kill everyone oh inside. Oh my god. God damn it, Peter. <laughs> wow. So on his murdery path to Turkey, uh, Peter the Hermit has invaded Catholic cities, forced mass conversions, and killed off entire Jewish communities. He's just the best Christian, isn't he? <laughs> uh, <laughs> fucking hell. Yeah. Anyway, so as this army moves along out of Europe and into the Middle East, they start getting what they deserve. Good. Yeah. So they run out of supplies again, and they actually begin starving this time, hmm. because there are no Jews around to attack. Yeah. Oh. So, <laughs> some go home, uh, a lot of them die, and even more are captured and sold into slavery. Oh my. But there's still a fuck ton of them, and oh. now they're at Constantinople oh, no. trying to buy transportation to the Holy Land. Oh. Uh, and they're there so long that the peasants start robbing stores in the city and basically causing all kinds <laughs> of mayhem. Yep. <laughs> yep, they're doing great. Uh, so uh, the Eastern Orthodox Emperor, Alexius I, just says, fuck it, give them their <laughs> boats, and ships them right the fuck out of his land. So they land in Turkey, largely unarmed, standing on the shores of a hostile land, and hmm. staring right into the face of Turkish soldiers. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, so now Alexius is still trying to negotiate for their peaceful entry into Turkey on behalf of what these peasants. Guy. What yeah, a good guy. Yeah, he's like, you know, you've murdered tons of people, you've broken into my stores, but you know what? I'm going to get you to that holy land, yeah. goddammit. So he tells them to wait until he can guarantee their safety. Mm. But remember, these guys are marauders and dumbasses who think mm. they're protected by the Holy Spirit, so mm. they don't wait and restart their pillaging habit again. So the Turks start attacking them. <laughs> and they're just getting massacred. I mean, these peasants just have no weapons and, you know, they're pillaging and shit. Uh, uh, you would Spirit think... of Christ didn't work this time. <laughs> I was going to say, you would think you, they would think twice about causing any problems if they don't have any weapons. Right. You know, and the Turks are known for being, you know, brutal in battle. And these right. guys are like, hell, look at us, we're taking your food. <laughs> don't touch us. You've got all these little wooden crucifixes. Yeah, and, uh, poking them with them. Anyway, so... Peter, meanwhile, is trying to get the fuck out of there. Hmm. Uh, and during the Battle of, and I think this is right, but it's uh, Kivito. Or Sounds right. Sivitat. I don't know. <laughs> it's got two T's in there. Uh, nearly all of his people are killed off. Hmm. And Peter manages to take whatever is left of his awful fucking army yeah. and haul ass back to Constantinople. It's not really an army. It's just like a... It's a rabble. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the walkers from... I can't believe I'm making a reference to The Walking Dead. Oh. No. Oh, fuck you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Go on. Uh, so he gets back to Constantinople, and he chills there for a while, waiting for actual crusaders to show up and help him carry out his bullshit movement. You know, that, that probably was a pretty embarrassing <laughs> encounter back with Alexius. Like, oh, Peter, you're back. Yeah. Where's all your guys? <laughs> <laughs> they're somewhere else. Yeah, they're all lying down for a big nap collectively somewhere. <laughs> uh, so anyway, a whole uh, bunch of knights arrive the next year and proclaim that an actual military invasion is actually... Well, actually, anyway. Uh, Peter claims that he had in his mind the whole time a military invasion of Turkey. Right. And right. now he's going, oh, I, I wanted to do that the whole time. When originally he just wanted to bring his peasants in on a pilgrimage. Huh, okay. Uh, and not cause any problems, which, you know, they kind of did. Yeah. So, anyway, so he's like, yeah, let's go. And then he disappears. 
uh, and then he pops back up in places like Palestine and Antioch. And during the siege of Antioch, when a huge army of Muslims was attempting to take the city from the Crusaders, Peter is said to have given a really good motivational talk, which got everyone to fight a lot harder and win the battle. Hmm. So, apparently... He also... Uh, I took a, a class in the Crusades. He also found the Holy Lance of Christ. <laughs> which, which was the spear that was pierced that pierced Christ's uh, side. Where did he find it? Uh, I think it was hidden under the uh, the floor of the church in Antioch or something. That seems questionable. But he didn't just find it. He predicted he would find it. He had an, he had a dream, and they're like, oh. an angel said, yes, the spirit of Christ is within this church. Oh. And then he tells everyone, he's like, come with me. Let me show you where the spear is. And they found a spear. Well... Maybe and it worked. <laughs> perhaps he planted it there. <laughs> maybe. I don't know. He sounds like a little bit of a... Maybe it was the spirit. Maybe it was the spirit. He sounds like a little bit of a, of a you know, huckster or whatever. Slightly. Know. Yeah. But anyway, so he actually did manage to get everyone to fight harder and save Antioch. Hmm. Yes. Uh, and then he was appointed to be a duelist on behalf of one of the crusading princes. A duelist as in yes. duels with swords. Uh, he was supposed to go duel people. Who, who the princess had awesome. problems with. Okay. So, in his first job uh, as the duelist was he was supposed to go duel the Emir of Kerboga, but the Emir said, no, that's fucking stupid, and Peter never got to duel anyone. Oh. <laughs> so, it's not that he sucked at his job, Failed it's just that there the was duelist. no work to do. Mm. And that was his one big shot. Mm. Mm. So, so that kind of wraps it up for him? How about we... Well, yeah, and then we'll come back to when he dies. <laughs> oh, right, yeah. But uh, let's talk about Hernan Cortez's adult life. Before let's... we do that, I want to say something real quick about dueling. Okay. We need to bring it back. Yes. I mean, there's nothing more manly than killing someone you have a disagreement with. Yes. Just to show you're right. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Presidential election. Uh, the next oh, one, they should just shoot at yes. each other. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck ger- democracy. Let's just shoot each other. Yes. I wonder what kind of gun Trump would use. Hmm. 12-gauge. Um, no. Uh, it'd be a blunderbuss. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of blunderbusses, let's go to Hornan Cortez. I said Hornan again. Hernan. Uh, it's Hernan. I believe it's Hernan. It's Hernan Cortez. There, okay, and I, I should say, that reminds me, there are a bunch of different words coming up, and there are f- different ways of saying them depending on who you are. Oh. I'm an ignorant American, so <laughs> I'm going to butcher these words. <laughs> yes, our favorite pastime. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So. So. When we last left left Cortez, he was in direct mutiny and stranded in Mexico with only about 600 or 700 guys. Mm. Now, about this time, he received some tributaries from Moctezuma II of the Aztec Empire. Wasn't that also pronounced Moctezuma? Yes. I looked at the pronunciation, and that one of them gave me Moctezuma. Okay. I've heard heard Montezuma. I've heard Moctezuma. It was a Zuma of some kind. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Uh, so the Aztec Empire was huge at this time and super powerful. Its capital city of Tenochtitlan was one of the most populated cities in the world at this time, and the empire was also super rich. So no surprise, Cortez and his men were immediately interested in communicating with Montezuma. Okay. Cortez asked for a meeting with him, but Montezuma refused because <laughs> <laughs> it's just like this guy with six hundred dudes stranded on the island, like, or like, the island Mexico. What am I saying? Uh, So Cortez just decided to march on the city. Along the way, Cortez and his men had to fight some of the indigenous people. 
but Cortez's men, although always completely outnumbered, had guns and horses and steel swords and armor. So Cortez beat these tribes and then got them to join him because they hated the Aztecs with the passion. Wow, so he like killed them and was like, hey, can yeah. you join us to kill the Aztecs? Yeah, he convinces one of their kings to just go with him with, with an army. Well, shit. <laughs> yeah, because these people, they didn't like the Spanish, but they hated the Aztecs because the Aztecs frequently raided these tribes and then sacrificed the captives to the gods. God damn. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't have much sympathy for the Aztecs then. That's not yeah. cool, man. That's it's, not cool, man. It's the old... Uh, Cutting out their heart while they're still alive and then uh, push them down the stairs. Ew. Mm -hmm. Not cool. So, uh, Cortez has about another thing we should bring back with the dueling. <laughs> <laughs> no! <laughs> Just spit coffee over here. Uh, so, Cortez has about 600 Spanish men, 15 horsemen, a couple cannons, and then a couple thousand indigenous Okay, so troops. he's got 600 Spanish men, uh -huh. 15 centaurs, a couple of cannons. Horsemen. Horsemen. <laughs> Well, I mean, what am I supposed to think? If you have, there's 600 Spanish men, you could say 615 Spanish men, 15 horses, <laughs> right? I think it's centaurs. I think you're right. Okay, it's definitely centaurs. And then a couple thousand indigenous troops. That's important. Yes, <laughs> it is. Uh, most historians think he, could have, he couldn't have gotten nearly as far if it weren't for these natives who fought on his side. Well, so, in October of 1519, Cortez and his army make it to Cholula. Cholula. As in the sauce. which <laughs> uh, It's the second largest city in Mexico at this time. Uh, then he kills a couple thousand natives here just to show he can. Well, shit. And that the natives should fear him. Mm. Then he burns part of the city and moves on. Oh. So, yeah. That's a uh, big mistake. Classic Cortez. <laughs> uh, on November 8th, 1519, Cortez reaches Tenochtitlan, where he is warmly welcomed by the Aztecs and by Montezuma. <laughs> kind of changing their tune now that he's. <laughs> <laughs> right. Hey! Just burns them. Gotcha! <laughs> Here's some chocolate. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Oh. Uh, but Motekasuma has a plan. He uh, he welcomes the invaders into his palace and tries to win them over with large gifts of gold. Cool. Uh, this, though, only whets the appetites of the Spanish. Uh, yes. Wow. So, also, the Aztecs kind of fear Cortez. Yeah, they believe. <laughs> well, there's more to it than that. He believe They believe he is the incarnation of their mighty feathered serpent god. Well, shit. He also has horses and guns, which they've never seen before. Wow. So Cortez is kind of feeling cocky at this point, and he proceeds to take Mate Casoma prisoner and rules the Aztecs through him. Now, I want to make a point here. Mm -hmm. uh, I learned in my history class that the Aztecs actually had a prophecy that lined up so well uh, right. with the returning of this god um, that they like they had it down to he would be riding gigantic beasts um he would come from the city from the the sea right from the sea yeah um on a certain day huh. and then here's cortez and wow. he looks like the picture of this guy uh, that they have uh, yeah but anyway huh. that's pretty crazy so prophecies if you want to get into prophecy uh, aztec prophecy that's the one you want to do Mm. Yeah. 2012. <laughs> oh, that's the Mayans. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to sound like such idiots. Uh, we are. We are idiots. All right. <laughs> then then Velasquez. <laughs> Velasquez. Velasquez. <laughs> Cortez's old enemy sends an army to defeat Cortez and bring him under control. Okay. So Cortez leaves the city with about 200 men in order to take on the Spanish army. I wonder how we knew he was coming. Um, probably Velasquez just heard a word. warning. Uh, okay. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, so Cortez, Lee, I already, I already said that. Yeah. Cortez manages to crush them and then incites all the defeated Spaniards to join his cause. Wow. However, while Cortez is doing this, things kind of go to shit in Tenochtitlan. <laughs> Titland. <laughs> Titland. <laughs> uh, God. Jeez, we are four years old. It's too easy. 
So, uh, anyway, w back in the city, Cortez has left this guy named Pedro de Alvarado in charge while he was gone. <laughs> Alvarado. 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 Alvarado, you frickin' dunce. <laughs> you goddamn uncultured swine. <laughs> you know what? America's the best country. We've got the best military. <laughs> Spreading democracy everywhere. Speak English or die. Uh, oh, God! <laughs> you can't say that on the air. Okay. So, Alparedo is in charge. The Aztec people, who number in the hundreds of thousands, remember, are kinda getting angry that their leader is being held captive by the Spaniards. Oh. So, uh, Alparedo kills thousands of unarmed Aztecs while they're celebrating in a festival. Uh, uh, that's not cool. Which seems like the wrong thing to do if you're surrounded by a bunch of angry Aztecs. Yeah, I, I just, how do you even do that? Do you, like, line the guns up all around them? Or, I mean, I don't even uh, want to I didn't read that I don't wanna article. Know. Yeah. I don't um, want to know. So, <laughs> the Aztecs now promptly rebel and lay siege to the central palace where the Spaniards are staying. Okay. Alfredo orders Mo Mate Kasuma to speak to his people in order to calm them down, but he is killed in the process. Whoa! Yeah, he's either stoned by his own people or the he was killed by the Spanish once he failed to subdue the I'm crowd. sorry, but if the Spanish killed him because he couldn't subdue the crowd? Assholes! Yeah, well, that's bullshit. You know, right. he's out there trying to help you, and I can't get him to calm down, so they shoot him. Guess what? Everybody's gonna be angrier! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> sorry! No planning here, Alvarado. Uh, no, sir. No. Uh, so either way, he dies. Um, and it's not looking good for the Spanish and their native allies, because they are stuck in the palace in the center, center of the city and just surrounded by hundreds of thousands of Aztecs, all yearning for the deaths and desiring, desiring to sacrifice the Spaniards to their gods. Okay. This is the situation that Cortez returns to. <laughs> hey guys, I'm back. I got the beer. Uh, <laughs> what the oh, fuck? <laughs> what did you do? <laughs> Damn it, Alvarado. <laughs> Alfredo. <laughs> Alvarado sauce. Yeah. That's what they want to make out of them. The Cholula sauce, Alvarado <laughs> sauce. They've got it all. It's so saucy down there. <laughs> oh. So, what uh, does Cortez do? He joins his men within the besieged palace, and for several days they have to fight off the local natives. But they are running out of gunpowder, which is their chief advantage over the Aztecs. Yes. Once they run out, they will surely be overrun by the Aztec warriors. Cortez decides that their only chance for survival is to escape. Okay. So. Makes sense. Yes. Cortez first throws off the Aztecs' suspicion by getting them to agree to a truce for a week's time. That must time. have been difficult to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know we just killed your leader. I know we also sacked that other city of yours. I know we're, like, literally in your palace right now killing you. But you think I'm God, so let's make an agreement. <laughs> can, we take a week? can we take a week off? Let's just take a week off. Yeah. yeah I guess. Well, they agreed to it. So uh, it's, a, it's a week. It's a truce for a week. And at the end of this week, Cortez will agree to hand over all the gold and captives within the palace as long as he and his men are allowed to leave the city unharmed. Well, that's quite a trade there. Uh, Cortez had no intention to keep this agreement, of course. Uh, of course not. Uh, he expected that the locals would just butcher him and his men at the end of the week. And, I mean, he was probably right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's the mob he's, he's fighting against, mm -hmm. so who knows. But he was just simply using this to distract the natives. His plan was to escape. Now, a few important details about the city. Tenochtitlan was built on an island in the middle of the lake. That's really cool. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Further, four of the eight bridges to the surrounding land had been destroyed, and the remaining four were heavily guarded by the Aztecs' best warriors. Uh, Cortez's plan was for his army to basically leave through the sewers of the city and then proceed to travel by makeshift raft when they were met with waterways, and then to get one of the bridges, take it, 
uh, and escape. Wow. Wait, I, so they have sewers in this city? Yeah. Oh, yeah. This city was highly technological and highly populated. That is badass. I think it was the most advanced and populated city, or not... Maybe not advanced, but it was the most populated city in the world besides Constantinople. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Hundreds of thousands of people. Didn't even know that. No. Mm. The Aztecs were amazing. Mm. Terrible, but kind of cool. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anyway, this was all to be done in the middle of the night. Uh, He told his own troops and his allied native troops to prepare for this and also told them to pack up as much gold as possible. (laughs) Because, of course. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Uh. So, on the night of July 1st, 1520... While the entire unsuspecting city lay sleeping, Cortez and his entire army secretly escaped. Why are they mowing the lawn down here? There's no lawn down here. There's not a lawn in the in the history Go lab. Away. We're underground. The grass is short in the history. On the night of July first, fifteen twenty, while the entire unsuspecting lay, city lay sleeping, everyone was asleep. Most of the Aztec people were, yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, Cortez and his entire army secretly escaped. All of them? Uh, no. Okay. Things soon went wrong. Okay. Before making it to the causeway that would lead across the lake, several Aztec people noticed and proceeded to sound the alarm. But I thought everyone was asleep. Well, no. They were probably awoken. Because, (laughs) look, it's an entire army of armored soldiers carrying Uh. weapons and gold and some horses, too. How Uh. quiet could it actually be? (laughs) Clink, 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 clink. Hey! Pedro! Put that down! <laughs> Why does he sound like that? I don't know. <laughs> Pedro, put that down! <laughs> That's better, I guess. Uh, so. Uh, so Cortez's army is in a long procession, just a few men wide. Okay. It's just this, like, giant snake of an army. Uh, not the best position to be for a battle. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, the entire city awakens and hundreds of thousands of pissed Aztecs just fall onto the Spanish. I'm sorry, but I... Could not see this plan working ever. So. <laughs> well, I mean, it's better than the other. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, just airlift it out, <laughs> build a little plane at the top, and just glide off. Yeah, uh, I bet Cortez would just build the plane and be like, "We're all going to be able to get out." And they're like, "It's only big enough for one person." And he just like flies away. Ha suckers! <laughs> He's got all this gold on there. <laughs> the plane is made of gold. Oh uh, yes, Cortez and the White Wright brothers. They yes. invested invented aircraft. <laughs> Cortez did it first. You heard it here first, people. (laughs) Uh, yes. So, Cortez orders that the procession continues, and he leads the way across the bridge. He's at the very front of the line. So just picture this for a moment. It's just terrifying. It's the middle of the night, and there's a heavy rainfall. Oh, so they got, like, their armor's like buckets of water, too. Oh, And, I mean, they've got armor on, they're carrying gold, it's slippery everywhere. So the Spanish troops and their allies are basically in a line marching through the sewers and streets of the city. They don't have much gunpowder left, and they're also weighed down by a ton of gold they're trying to carry. Also, I didn't even think about this, but the rain would probably make using gunpowder not as easily as it had been. at all. Right. Probably at all. Uh, So... While this is going on, many soldiers slip on the wet pavement and fall into the waters and sewers, Mm. uh, and because they have so much gold and armor, they either drown or are captured. Oh my god. And being captured by an angry Aztec mob is not Mm. the place where you want to be. That's like at the top of the list of things I do not want. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Oh wait, hold it. Hold for mower. He's still mowing. He's gone over the same spot four times. Gotta make sure it's cut. Where is he? He's on that side now. 
Now he's on this side. They're surrounding us. Jesus Christ. Burr! Burr! Are we rolling? Yes. <laughs> okay, so the mower has gone, and we can continue. Yes. So... so. Cortez and the front end of the procession managed to escape the city, but the entire middle and end of the procession was massacred or captured by the pissed natives. Massacred. Massacred. They're cured of the masses. <laughs> massacred! <laughs> uh, the next morning, reportedly, Cortez and the few survivors he had watched... That's a terrible, had. That's a terrible sentence. <laughs> they watched from a nearby hill as their fellow captured comrades were sacrificed alive to the Aztec gods. Oh, uh, well... I, I don't know how I feel about that. I don't Sticking either. around to like watch it. Maybe they were like saluting them. They were crying shit. reportedly. Oh, this God. was like the first time Cortez cried. Um, but it's Christ. Like, what were you expecting? You've killed a bunch well, of. He's them. been a complete fucker to all right, of them. Yeah. Uh, I don't so know. so Cortez retreated to the lands of some of his allied natives and gathered a new army. Okay. This army had reinforcements from Spain and most importantly a bunch of mounted soldiers, not centaurs. Okay. And then he also had a couple hundred of thousand allied natives. Okay. Cortez then crushed an Aztec army at the Battle of Atomba and then returned to Tenochtitlan in 1521. He laid siege to the city and then conquered it. Uh, the entire city was sacked and the Spanish soldiers and their native allies kind of went crazy. Uh, most of the inhabitants were butchered. Ugh. Everything of value was stolen, the city was burned, and the few surviving women and children were enslaved. Oh. So this kind of led to the Aztec Empire being destroyed. Okay. The surviving Aztecs outside of the city were dealing with things like smallpox um, and were no situation to continue the war. I think I know why they made Cortez the bad guy in El Dorado. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, he didn't have a, a funny horse, though. I'm sure his horse was not funny. He had centaurs, <laughs> though. He did have centaurs. <laughs> uh, Cortez then rebuilt Tenochtitlan as Mexico City, and it soon flourished again. He was made governor of this new land, soon called New Spain, and received a lot of thanks and rewards from the Spanish monarchy. He, did. Uh, he spent much of the next few years crushing native rebellions, uh. building up the infrastructure of New Spain in a European way, and converting thousands of natives to Catholicism. He does a lot more stuff. He returns to Spain a few times, and he also is always complaining that he hasn't received enough reward for conquering Mexico. Well, what did he want? The whole damn country? I don't know. He got his own coat of arms from the king himself, well, too. Well, fuck! I, that's I, pretty cool! I don't know, yeah. Uh, read it for yourself if you want to know more, but none of the other stuff is is, is insanely awesome as his conquest of Tenochtitlan. Wow. Yeah, well, that's, that's I, a pretty harsh story. I want to see a movie of it. It's, yeah. I, I can't imagine. Didn't it's, they make it's one? It's so terrifying. Really? No. I, for some reason, I've, I'm not sure, but I feel like Apocalypto. I didn't actually see No, it. it's not. It's um, not? That's about the different tribes. Okay. And then the, the last scene, spoiler alert, they see the ships on the water, and then it just cuts. Oh. So it's before the Spanish arrive and stuff. Well, they should make a sequel. More Apocalypto. <laughs> Apocalypto 2. <laughs> and Mel Gibson better direct it. So... Let's go back to Peter the Hermit real quick right. and see how he dies. Okay. Yeah. Um, so if you'll remember, last time we heard from him, he was a duelist, mm. um, but he is a failed a duelist. Failed duelist. Yeah. But he makes an excellent treasurer. Okay. Um, and he became a major priestly figure in the Siege of Jerusalem and afterward, hmm. handling all the alms and whatnot. Oh, God. Heartburn. Poor. Jeez. After all this. You're dying, dude. <laughs> <laughs> uh. After all this, uh, he sails west and disappears. Mm. 
He's said to have become a prior in a church in France and then wild away the years until he just fucking died because the story's over now. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's abrupt. Nope. He's dead. Huh. He's super, super dead. Okay, I got a question about him. Okay. Why is he called Peter the Hermit and not like Peter the leader of the People's Crusade or Peter the Famous or because Peter the Failed Duelist? I think it's because he came from a family of hermits. I don't know. I don't okay, know. maybe there's actually a, a lot of debate about huh. why he's named Peter the Hermit. Oh, okay, interesting. As there is about everything in his life. Um, right. Yeah. So right. he's dead. How does Hernan Hornan? I keep saying it. Horny, how does, horny how does, Cortez. How does Horny Cortez die? <laughs> Fuck. How does he die? Uh, in 1547, Cortez was in Spain trying to get more money from the royal treasury because ah. he felt bad for himself. So he was a bank robber. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> um, he was also old and bitter, and then he got sick. Sick with dysentery. Oh, well, shit. <laughs> he died from lung infections in Ugh. Spain on December 2nd, 1547. That is a shitty way to go. Yeah. Hmm. Now, as you can expect, a lot of people view Cortez differently. Oh. Some see him as a mighty conqueror for the Catholic faith, while others see him just kind of as a giant butcher. Mm -hmm. As such, his body was moved more than eight times. Wow. Because everybody wanted it, or people hated it and wanted to, you know, burn it or whatever. Okay. So he wanted to be buried in Mexico, so his body moved around to a couple different places here. Then in 1821, when Mexico won its independence, some people worried that the Mexicans would desecrate his grave. Oh. So his bones were moved to Sicily and hidden. <laughs> but they actually weren't. Oh! <laughs> this was just a ruse to trick the Mexican people. Oh, that's a dirty ruse. Yeah, always tricking the Mexicans. Then the bones disappeared for a while, and nobody knew where Cortez's body was until a secret document was found and deciphered in which lo the location was found. Wow. Did Nicolas uh, Cage, like, find the code exactly. on the back of the Declaration of Independence? <laughs> yep. <laughs> so his bones I'm gonna were... steal it. I'm gonna steal Cortez's body from Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> yes! Uh. <laughs> That's what he sounds like. That's what he sounds like. Yeah, uh, so Cortez's bones are still in Mexico, I think. Really? Yeah. Uh, why? <laughs> Has anyone desecrated the grave yet? No, not yet. Yeah. Well. But he's not really well-liked by Mexicans. I should think not. <laughs> I should think not, sir. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, hey, that's, uh... That about wraps it up. Yeah, so I think those guys were sufficiently unpredictable enough to keep me on the edge of my seat, and... I feel better now. Hmm. Thanks, James. Yeah. Well, history always helps. It's a bomb to the wound. Mm, indeed. Well, let me just grab my ice cream and we'll go upstairs. That's my ice cream, but okay. Okay. <sighs> well, fuck me. We're ten episodes in, aren't we, James? Yeah, we are. And you know what they say about the tenth episode. Well, what do they say? They say if you make it to 10, you're a fucking loser who has no job and nothing else to do except make a bullshit podcast. Oh, come on. We gotta start looking on the bright side of things, James. For example, I'm single now, so I can mingle again. And most nights you'll be home alone wondering where you fucked up. That's already most nights for me. Right. So, the positive is that we've made it to 10 episodes, which hmm. is honestly 10 more than I thought we'd ever do. True. How should we celebrate? I don't know. Get drunk? Hmm. Not a bad plan, but not the best. We can do better. We could go mini-golfing. Oh, I like that idea. Perfect, because I just had one installed right next door to the tavern. Oh, my God. Isn't money awesome? Mm. We're making so much money on this so podcast. Much. <laughs> oh, my God. 
Actually, so far we've made a total of 10 bucks. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Mm. That's pretty good, though. Uh, 10 more than we had before. That's true. $1 per episode. <laughs> Uh, uh, well, maybe you should just shamelessly plug our Patreon, friendo. Oh, uh, well, maybe I shall. Ladies and gentlemen, I think it's time to bring the show to an end for today. Feel free to send all your hate mail to we talk about dead people Podcast at gmail.com. We will read all of it and not along. If you hate us, you're probably right. If you like us, though, please consider funding the show by becoming a patron on Patreon.com. That's Patreon.com slash WeTalkAboutDeadPeople. Even as little as a dollar. As much as it costs to burn an effigy of George Washington helps tremendously. With all that being said, we'll close out and let the sound of blank play you out. <laughs>